drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Ghost. I mean, for those of us that have, uh, not me, for those of you that have experienced alcohol, that you had been drunk before, I'm sure you know that when you were drunk, you would do things that you would never have done if you were sober. So the Word of God is telling us that when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, it's like the presence of God, the Holy Spirit takes over. Okay, the Holy Spirit takes over and things that you would never have done and words that you would never have say have said would come out of your mouth and they are good. They are good. Amen. There's a difference between being drunk in the spirit and being drunk in the natural. It's good to be drunk in the Holy Ghost. Can we say amen? All right. I want to continue with the series on spiritual vision. This is number two, how to lay hold of your prophetic vision. Now, I want to recap a little bit of what I said on the 28th of August. The four that came from following a soulish vision that happened in the Garden of Eden, in the Garden of Eden, and uh, that happened when they saw from their soul and falling into the trap of the devil. And if you want to get all the details, go back to that sermon and listen. Now, before we got born again, before we got born again, we were soulish. It doesn't matter how religious you were, you were soulish. I was a Catholic before I got born again. So before we got born again, we were soulish, following ourselves and the devil unknowingly. I want you to look at Ephesians chapter 2 verse 2, because the word of God is a lamb unto our feet and a Light unto our path. That means our walk is in the light when you have the word of God in you. So Ephesians chapter 2 verse 2. When in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. I want you to highlight the course of this world and highlight the prince of the power of the air. And then the Holy Spirit continues to explain to us what is that prince of this power of the air. It's the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience. So is that a good spirit or a bad spirit? (coughs) It's a horrible spirit. It's a bad spirit. It's the devil himself. So the devil is called the prince of the power of the air. The devil is also called the spirit of disobedience. So the key is, it's not about you. You know, it's not about you, whether you are good or bad. You know, sometimes we are so concerned and caught up whether I'm good or bad. No, it's not about you, whether you're good or bad. It's about, listen to this, it's about the permission, the access that's given either to God or the devil to run your life. It's about your permission that you've given either to God or to the devil to run your life. We do not have the power in and of ourselves to overcome spiritual beings or spiritual entities. We need God to overcome the fallen human nature and the wicked devils that work with that nature. Can I have an amen? Only... How many of you want to be successful as a Christian? How many of you want to live a successful life? A successful Christian with a successful life. If you want that, here is the key. Only meekness, only meekness, 
only meekness can enable us to be a full-on Christian. Nothing else. It's not your determination. It's not your decision. It's not your willpower. Only meekness, the emptying of self, the total surrender, the emptying of self, the dethroning of self, only that can make you a full-on Christian for God. Because then the grace and the mercy of God comes in as you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Can we say amen? And if you refuse to humble yourself, God is merciful, you know, you will be broken again and again and again because you're going around that mountain one more time. And you will be broken again and again and again until you're willing to humble yourself. Because God does not interfere in your decision making. There are two ways to live. The way of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus or the way of sin and death. You can read that in Romans chapter 8 verse 2. Your part and my part is to choose. Your part and my part is to choose. We choose. We choose to humble ourselves and follow God, or we choose to yield to the devil and exalt ourselves. Our continual habitual choices form our soul. That's why Christianity is into saving souls. But while you're saving souls, make sure that your souls stay saved. Did you hear me? Don't think that you're different from anybody else. Don't sit at the back. You need to receive. You need to change. You need to correct yourself. Amen? Don't lose your soul in the business of doing soul saving. We've seen pastors doing that. We've seen evangelists doing that. We've seen ministers falling by that. The choice The habitual choices that we make, the choices that we make form us. Forming your personality, your character, the Bible calls that your soul. Your eternal being. Every one of us is being transformed all the time. All the time by the choices of thoughts, emotions, and actions. Either into the goodness and the righteousness of God or into becoming more and more humanistic or soulish, independent, and eventually rebellious against God with the devil driving you. So we're either yielding to the spirit of righteousness and holiness or to the tempter of self-indulgence and self-exaltation, exalting people, people, ourselves over God. What are some of the symptoms? Because you need to know the symptoms so you know the sickness. The symptoms are the person becomes more and more soulish, humanistic, and natural. Once we are born again, we are delivered from the territorial spirit of sin and death. Devils are territorial. Devils are territorial. And they will not let go until they have to. They have to be driven. And that's why Jesus said, in my name, cast out devils. 
And your body is what they want as their territory. Devils are territorial. Your community, your family, your workplace, that's where the devil wants as their territory. We need to understand that. But when you're born again, God, by Jesus Christ, has snatched you out of the devil's territory. The key is you don't go back. You don't backslide. You don't go back to a soulish way of living. And that's why it's so important to have our mind renewed. It's so important that we listen to the word of God and be teachable and be humble and be willing and be joyfully changing. Can we say amen? Change is good. It's for good. Amen. God wants us to change for good. So that's why our changes are joyful. When your old man is being broken, when you're putting off that old man, it's a good thing. Can we say amen? To be renewed is a good thing. Can we say amen? So look to God, worship him in spirit and in truth. The world magnifies the soul. The world is all about willpower, intelligence. The world is about the soul. It's about the willpower. It's about the intelligence. It's about feelings. That's the way of the world. But that's not the way of the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. The world is about either soulish or physical. But God desires us to be spiritual. Come on, say with me, spiritual. One more time, spiritual. Worship, follow, and serve the Lord in spirit and in truth. Say with me, in spirit and in truth. One more time, in spirit and in truth. When we were soulish, we were following the world. And every time when we catch ourselves being soulish, we are backsliding. When we become emotionally driven, mind-dominated, what happened to us? We lose the spiritual vigor. The minute we become soulish, we lose the spiritual vigor. The minute we become mental and natural, we lose the spiritual vigor. Why? When your spirit is not activated, invigorated, you lose touch with God. You can still be a good person, but you are not in touch with the Holy Ghost. And the world's biggest lie is that you can be a good person and yet be an atheist. The world celebrates good people with kind acts, with good acts, with noble acts. They don't have problem with good people. but they have problems with God. The truth of the matter is, can you be a good person when you are cut off from the source of goodness? So that's a lie. That's a lie of the devil. So don't buy that lie. And as Christians, don't buy that lie. How can I be good? When I don't have the source of that goodness. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. 
I need to be connected. I need to stay in touch with the goodness of God. Can we say amen in the land of the living? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Go with me to James chapter 1, verse 17. James chapter 1, verse 17. How many of you know that the word good comes from the word God? James chapter 1, verse 17. Every good gift, every perfect. I want you to highlight every. Let me ask you, is health a good gift? Is mental soundness a good gift? Is wisdom a good gift? Is prosperity a good gift? Yes. Is relational harmony a good gift? Every good gift. Every perfect gift. Is provision a good gift? Comes from above. Not comes among us. That's what the world is saying. You know, try to get it from someone else. Try to get it from the world. I mean, the world cannot give you any prosperity, no riches, because all the resources, all the resources, the air, the water, the wood, everything was provided for in creation. Where did the mountains come from? Where did the trees come from? Where did the seeds come from? God is the source of every good and perfect gift. Can we say amen? Okay, so now let's look at how to lay hold of our prophetic vision. The word prophetic means to be able to see ahead, ahead of time. The word prophetic means to know beforehand, before it happens, so you're not caught by nasty surprises. So to lay hold of your prophetic vision You need to get into the knowledge of God, the desire and the hunger for prophetic vision. If you want to get into prophetic vision, you you need to know about prophetic vision. And that's where all the teaching comes from. You need to know in order to get. And to know is not enough. You need to hunger and you need to thirst. I want it. I want it. I want to know it. I want to understand it. I want to do it. I want to be it. So, 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 very, very, very much. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. And are we entitled to get it? Yes. Because it's our inheritance. Once that you've become a child of God, all these, all the blessings in the heavenly places, they become your inheritance is for you to take it. All the goodness of the Lord, they, they have been placed on the table and it's up to you to take. Can we say amen? You can be forever admiring in addition what's good on the table, like you're admiring divine health, admi- admiring divine prosperity, provision, like you're admiring di- divine di- relational prosperity. But you, if you don't ever take it, It will never become part of you. And that's what religion is about. Religion is about looking at God in a distance. You know, I'm always a sinner and I stay a sinner. No, no, you're no longer a sinner. You have to take salvation into your life. Glory be to God. Can we say amen? Amen. How many of you have ever walked and driven with your eyes Looking ahead, and then you want to go backwards. It's like, 
I'm looking at you, but I want to go backward at the same time. <laughs> Will that work? Will that work? When you're driving your car, can you be looking ahead and then you try to reverse? No. Why? Because your vision is your direction. God has made us in such a way that what we see is where we go. What we see is where we go. So if you're always looking at sickness with the eyes of fear, with the eyes of worries, with the eyes of anxieties, even as a Christian, that's where your body will gravitate towards. What you see is where you will go. If you're always looking at problems with fear and your eyes are full of problems and your eyes are full of problems and without you even knowing it, worries start to come, anxiety start to come, insomnia starts to come. Why? Because that's where your body is gravitating towards. That's why the Word of God says stop worrying, stop fearing. Live by faith. There is a reason behind every instruction given to us in the Bible. Can we say amen? So if we stay soulish, okay, let's put it this way. If we stay soulish, how can I, you know, isn't it possible to be soulish, to be a good Christian? Yes, you can be very soulish and be a good Christian and be a good leader, but you have no spiritual power. If we stay soulish, why? Then we are stuck in the human condition, stuck in the rut. It's like playing games in the dump your whole life. You can be enjoying yourself and you're playing games, you're having fun, but you are still in the dump. Why? Because there's no rise of levels. Your level stays the same. Christianity is about spiritual power. Christianity is about the power of God living in us, acting in our lives, moving us, leading us, guiding us. Christianity involves putting off the old man and putting on the new man. I love all the grace teaching. I love the grace teaching. I teach grace. But that's not all of the Bible. Christianity involves dying to self. That's putting off the old man. You can't put on the new man without putting off the old man. Can you imagine wearing a lot of old clothes on the inside and you're trying to put on a lot of new clothes? You still smell. Isn't that right? You still smell because you haven't put off the old things. Can we say amen? Let's look at Philippians chapter 3 verse 13. You may look very brave, but because you haven't put on the old fear, you're still nervous on the inside. It's just that you've told nobody. It's just that you've hidden it. You've buried it. But fear is still eating you up on the inside. And that's why it's so, so important to plug out. Amen. To plug out. To remove. Amen. And plug out all the old man. All the old way of thinking and feeling and doing things. Can we say amen? Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. Brethren, okay, this is the Apostle Paul speaking. He's not speaking from a condescending uh, position. No, he's saying, brothers and sisters, I'm telling you the truth. I can't knock myself to have apprehended. I don't think I've made it there yet. 
I'm still growing. I'm still growing. I'm still growing. But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. And then verse 14, please. I press on, verse 14, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And then in verse 15, let us therefore as many as be perfect, say with me, perfect, be thus minded. Now let's look at what Paul is telling us out of his heart. Paul is saying, I am, I'm telling you what I do with my life. I am disentangling myself from what chains me down, what keeps me lukewarm and old and slow and stuck. I'm putting off the old soulish way of living. I'm exercising my spiritual stamina. I'm moving forward. I'm moving upward. Praise the Lord. I refuse to be burdened down, dragged backward. I'm putting all the darkness behind me and I'm reaching forth for the light in front of me, ahead of me and upon me. And then he said, I am not, I am not pretentious. I am being realistic. You can see his heart in Philippians chapter 4 verse 12. Let's go to Philippians 4 verse 12. He said, I'm being realistic. I know me. I need to disentangle myself. I need to press toward. I need to put all the darkness behind me. I need to press. I need to discipline myself. And if you look at Philippians chapter 4 verse 12, he said, I'm telling you what I've gone through. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. I know what it is to be poor and what it is to be rich. Everywhere and in all things, I'm instructed both to be full and to be hungry. I love the gospel of grace, but they haven't given you the full picture. There are times in your life that you have to suffer. There are times in your life that you have to press through. There are times in your life you have to be resilient. There are times in your life that you have to put up with those who are wrong and they think they are right. And you have to put up with yourself. You're wrong and you think you're right. Can we say amen? It's important for us to be realistic and not be pretentious. Honesty is the key. Be honest with ourselves and be honest with others. Total transparency, that's what's like a diamond. Amen? Total transparency, and that's where the illumination comes from. He said, I know that it's not comfortable for my soul. I lived a lot easier before. It requires discipline. It requires pressing on. It requires the exercise of my spiritual mind, my spiritual muscle, my determination, my fortitude over my soul and my body. I'm sure the devil has spoken to you before and telling you it was a lot easier before you got saved. You could do whatever you want. You could watch TV. You could go to the movies. You could go to the dance. You could enjoy your dinner. You could enjoy your meals. You didn't have to. Blah, 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 blah. You know? <laughs> to the extent that sometimes you cry. You know, what have I done to myself? <laughs> there is a hard side to Christianity. 
There is the disciplinary side. There is the total honesty side to Christianity. And God will not intrude. What you do with your soul, how you manage your soul, how you want to achieve as far as your spiritual goals are concerned, that is entirely, totally up to you. But your consequences will let you know where you've been. Every choice has a consequence. Every decision has a consequence. And God, in his mercy and grace, is to try to stop us from sowing bad seeds that will give us bad harvests. Can we say amen? So lift up your hands and say, thank you, Lord. Amen. Glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. And if you look at Philippians chapter 3, verse 14. Now, just now we read Philippians 4, verse 13. Oh, sorry. Can we go to Philippians 4, 13 first? Thank you. Thank you, Hannah. Philippians 4, 13. Now, the Apostle Paul said, and we've all said this, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Now, this is not a religious motto. Paul knew what he was talking about. This is his commitment to living a high life. He said it as a commitment to living a high life. He's the man of power. He knew miracles. He had seen miracles before. And when you see miracles happen, you just stand there and you look at it. You know that it's nothing to do with you. You know that it's all God. And then what's to do with you? Your choices to commit to this life, this high life. To commit yourself to become God's vessel, God's channel for him to flow through. That's our commitment. Amen. And he said this out of his commitment to live a high life unto God. And now we can look at Philippians chapter 3 verse 14. Philippians 3 14. Well, you said, isn't there joy in being a Christian? Oh, yes, lots of joy. <laughs> Amen. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. When you see people saved, when you see people healed, when you look at God's provisions and you look at your children, wow, that's a lot of joy. Amen. So look at Philippians chapter 3, verse 14. This is Paul's commitment. What is his commitment? Not to live a comfortable, soulish life. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. We are talking about vision and direction. His vision directs his life. Now, I want you to see what, to notice what Paul was looking at. Can you tell me what he was looking at? Come on, church. What was he looking at? What was he looking at? Come on, tell me, just from this scripture. What was he looking at? The prize, exactly, the prize. His eyes were on the prize of the high calling of God. And as a result of that, was he looking downward or upward? Upward. And because he's looking upward, his whole being goes up. Amen. His vision becomes his direction. His whole life goes up. Amen. So it's very important that we lock in. Lock in our vision with God. 
locking our vision with God, especially in this age, in this generation, when there are so many distractions around you. Can I, the Lord said to me this morning to say this to you. All right. We have a lot of teachings going on, you know, on the internet. It's like more than you can listen, more than you can comprehend. But very, very careful. Be very, very careful. I have seen Christians watching Christian TV and get sick. I've seen Christians watching Christian TV all their lives and sin. Okay, so it's not about just watching and listening to sermons, Christian videos, Christian TV, when nothing is really applied in your life. Images come and go. Voices come and go. But have they changed? Have you taken the word of God, even one scripture, and apply it in your life? Have you lifted out? I advise I myself do journaling. And it's very, very good for us to take time and pause and reflect. Be very honest and open with ourselves and with God. Let all your secret thoughts come and talk to you. Examine your life. Check your thought life. Check your feelings. Check your priorities and change with the Holy Spirit. Ask him to help you. Be very honest. I know I'm nervous. I know I'm very fearful with the food that we eat. I'm so, so worried that if I eat the wrong thing, I'll fall sick. So Lord, I know that, you know, you're not the God of fear. You're the God of love. You're the God of faith. And your word says that nothing shall by any means hurt me. So praise the Lord. I'm receiving your word. I'm eating your word like vitamin tablets into my body, into my soul, into my soul to strengthen me against fear so that I give no foothold to the devil. Praise the Lord. Amen. I'm healthy. And your health in me overcomes all sickness and all disease. Why? Because your word says greater is he who is in me than he that is in the world. You apply it. You're not entertained by it. You apply it. That's how Paul lived. Can we say amen? In the natural, motivation is very, very important. Nobody can do well without motivation. All the professionals, you know, they go through the intensive training to get the qualification and the status. All successful pioneers go through their apprenticeship, their tough times, in order to get the breakthrough for success. Your goal, my goal, our targets motivate us like a bright shining star in the black sky. Why? Because they help you to fulfill your dreams. But we are not talking about human motivation. We are not talking about natural motivation. We are talking about vision. We are talking about prophetic vision. We are talking about a higher level. The spiritual level is higher than the soulish level. We are talking about 2020 prophetic vision, perfect vision, which allows you to see beyond the natural, the human, and the material. Prophetic vision sees beyond the soulish 
the physical and the temporal. It sees beyond what is foggy, unclear, confusing, superficial, deceiving, and pretentious to the real thing, the real deal. The real human, angelic, and evil spirit. You see beyond the work of the brain to the condition of the mind. Beyond the natural functions of the physical organs to what has attached or what have attached themselves to the intestines, to the organs, to the heart, to the muscles, to the bones. You go beyond the physical need for food and water to the need of the condition, to the need of the human soul, the need of the human spirit. You go beyond the psychological to the spiritual. Are there evil entities presenting, are there evil entities presenting or present that keep talking to the person feeding his or her brain with tormenting images and voices? Is the person chained to haunting fear or inexplicable paranoia beyond the strength of the human mind or the human will? Are there tyrannical, obsessive, brutal, sadistic demons present that keep tormenting the person? Are the people being generationally victimized, yielding to demons unknowingly or maliciously? Nobody can tell you except the Holy Spirit. It takes the spirit to reveal what is higher and what is deeper. And that's why we should be very, very excited when we read Mark chapter 16. Go with me to Mark chapter 16. And that's why God, through Jesus, can forgive every sinner, all sinners. Because God's word cuts between the soul. And the spirit, and it's a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart, where devils preside, where devils attach themselves to influence the man. If you look at Mark 16, verse 17, I want I mean, we've read this time and time again, and we've recited and we have rejoiced over these, all right? But I want you to look at the what's the first thing on the list? that Jesus said that Christians can do? What's the first thing on the list? Come on, tell me. What's the first list? The, thing, the first one on the list. Cast out devils. That's the first. That's the first in the list. In my name, cast out devils. You have to cast out devils from yourself as well. How many of us have done that? Yes. They are like flies. They are like ticks. We are all beautiful. We are all good. But devils try to come and attach themselves to you. You need to plug them out. Don't be ashamed. Don't feel bad. It's good that we can cast them out. Amen. It's good that you are not forever tormented in your mind. It's good that you are not forever bitter and angry, holding grudges. Because they will eventuate in sickness and disease. Anger is not good for us. Bitterness is not good for us. Fear is not good for us. 
Amen. So praise the Lord. Come on, say it with me. Praise the Lord that I can cast out devils. Amen. Glory be to God. Amen. Amen. So if we talk about vision, we're talking about light. How many of you know that if there is no light, there is no sight? How many of us know that if there's no light, there are no colors? And that's why it is so foolish to worship the created and ignore the creator. Where is light from? Where does light come from? Where does light come from? Go with me to the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 4. John 1, verse 4. John 1, verse 4. Now, if you still have thoughts against God, if you are still challenging the words of God, you need to humble yourself. Otherwise, you go round that mountain again and again and again. Because remember, God is your rescuer. The devil is the one who attacks you. So you agree with him, you know, you agree with him and he will attack you. Because he needs your agreement to attack you. All right? So praise the Lord. Humble ourselves and walk with God. And there are things that we don't understand. When I was a new Christian, I didn't understand everything. But I knew that he's God. And that's why the word of God says the fear of God is the beginning of all wisdom. Amen? Amen. So where's the, where's the light from? In him was life. And the life was the light of men. So light comes from life. Light comes from life. God is life. God is life. Jesus had given us life. So the minute you receive that eternal life, you receive the light. And light causes you to see. Light causes things to grow. Light causes everything to thrive, to prosper. Light brings vision and direction. Amen? Lift up your hands with me and say, I'm a child of light. The life of God is in me. The light is in me and shining around me. Amen, amen. Glory be to God. Now, I want you to look at Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18. Ephesians 1, 18. The Bible talks about a pair of eyes that are very, very important. We're talking about vision. It's not just the natural eyes that you see with. We're talking about the eyes of our understanding. Now, very interesting, the Holy Ghost uses the word enlightened. That means the eyes of your understanding can be deemed can be just functioning, you know, by degrees at different levels. So you can have the eyes of your understanding turn on 30 degree or 40 degree or 60, you know. Remember when you go to the optometrist, they check your sight, right? The power of your sight. So you can turn on the volume of the light that will shine on you. It's up to you. How much light do you want? It's up to you to decide. You have the power to turn on that switch 
and adjust the volume to the level that you want. For some of us, you know, we're just comfortable with dim light. Don't, don't tell me too much, just a little bit. But God wants to give you a lot of light. Why? Because the light will give you understanding. Understanding will give you knowledge. Knowledge will give you hope. Knowledge will give you power. Amen. Even in the natural world, you know, those that are successful, why are they successful? Because they have knowledge that we don't have. Doctors, they are trained in the knowledge of the human body. That's why you have to go to them, for them to help you. But the highest knowledge is God's knowledge. Revelation knowledge. Spiritual knowledge. It is so important. I have found out after, you know, I've been a Christian for over 30 years. And I have found out I need to know myself. I need to know myself. You need to know yourself. Self-knowledge is vital to success. Self-knowledge will decide whether you're going to win or you're going to lose. I mean, a pastor can have a great church and lose his own life or lose his own family. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Self-knowledge is very important. We need to know ourselves, our weaknesses, as well as our strengths. Be brutally honest. You need to know your own fears. Because nobody can help you but yourself. If you keep your, your problems hidden on the inside of you. Amen. Lift up your hands with me and say, thank you, Lord. Show me myself. Show me where I need to change. Where I need to improve. Where I need to grow. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. You have the light on the inside to show you, amen, about yourself. Glory be to God. Amen. So let me ask you a very important question. Is there power in darkness? I'm talking about power that can do anything. Is there power in darkness? Yes. The Bible talks about the power of darkness, and that's where the devil gets his power from. Now remember, God did not make devils. God made angels. Angels fell. Because they looked inward, they became ambitious, and they fell and became devils, all right? So devil's power comes from darkness. So that means if there's any darkness within you, even without you knowing, the devil can attack you. It's called the powers of darkness. That's why it's so important for us to know ourselves in Christ Jesus and let his light to shine on us, you know, and and show that we can change. Can we, can we say amen? Amen. Remember, changing is good. Come on, say with me, it's good to change. One more time, it's good to change. Amen. Let me finish with this. Go to Genesis chapter 15, verse 5. Genesis 15, verse 5. If I look at myself and I see my weaknesses and my, I see my problems, I go down. It's like I can just plunge. But if I look up and see God and see myself through the eyes of God, then I go up. All right? So it's very, very important that we understand that God wants you to look up. Remember the word of God says, 
Look up for your redemption draweth near. Amen. And we have this phrase in English, look down. So don't look down on others. You know, it's so easy to look down on someone else and look at and notice all the weaknesses and all the whatever. God wants us to look through his lens, his eyes. Can we say amen? So this is what God did for Abraham and that helped him so much. God taught him where to look. He said, he brought Abraham forth abroad and said, look now where? Where? Toward heaven. Look up. Look now toward heaven and then do something. Count the stars. If you be able to number them. And that he said, that's your vision. And that's where your direction is. That's where your fulfillment is. So shall your seed be. Your results. Looking up will give you good results. Looking up will give you good results. Amen. It's important for us to see the seed. A lot of times we just look at the fruit. We just look at what we have now. But it's good for us to look at what's going to become in the future. What our tomorrows are going to be like. What our next months are going to be like. What our next year is going to be like. Can we say amen? Develop that prophetic vision by looking up. And what did Abraham see? Can I ask you at that moment? What did Abraham see? He saw a ram caught in the bush. When he was about to offer his son as a sacrifice to God, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Jireh appeared to him and showed himself as his provision. Jesus is our provision from God. For all of our needs, whatever need that you have, can we say amen? Hallelujah. So lift up your hands right now and receive your prophetic vision. Amen. We'll get into more and more knowledge uh, next Sunday. Receive our prophetic, godly, heavenly vision from God. Amen. He wants our eyes to be bright, to be sharp, to be clear. Amen. He wants us to be able to see, to see. Amen. Develop hindsight, develop insight, develop foresight. Amen. Like the creatures with eyes behind and in front everywhere. God is all seeing. There is nothing hidden which will not be discovered. There is nothing secret that will not be made known. Glory be to God. Receive God's all-seeing ability into your life. Thank you, Jesus. Every eye closed, every head bow. If you have not received Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, you don't know the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. You are your own God and you depend very much on yourself and you have been frustrated. You know, the burden is too much to carry and you don't know and you can't help yourself. But God cannot just budge into your life without your sincere invitation. So I encourage you, I invite you to humble yourself, to lift up your hands to God, not to me, to God. And say, Lord, 
Jesus, I want to invite you into my life as my Lord, as my Savior, as my healer, as my provider, as my guide. I need you. So if that's your heart right now, lift up your hands. I want to pray for you. I see those hands. I see those hands. Anybody else? I see that hand. Anybody else? Thank you, Jesus. Okay, let's all pray this together. Can I invite you all to stand with me and pray together with them? Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And pray this from your heart in sincerity and in truth. Amen. So pray this with me. Say, Father God, I receive you as my personal God. I thank you for giving me Jesus as my Savior. Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross for my sin. I believe that you took all my sicknesses when you received the stripes. Jesus, I believe and I receive that you are my Savior, the Savior of my soul. I also believe and receive for you to be my healer, my provider, my guide. Thank you, Jesus. Precious Holy Spirit, I invite you to come into my life, come into my heart, to be my shepherd, to be my teacher, to be my guide. Comfort me, empower me, counsel me in every area of my life. I thank you that I am born again, putting the old man behind, becoming a new creature in Christ Jesus. Amen. Give the Lord a big hand of praise. 